0: Welcome to Everything Living. This is Gabriel Gregory coming to you again. How are you doing and how have you been? Um there's um, something very quickly I wanna share, you know, and um it's a common common thing that you we hear in our days and it's really been used often enough that um we really do not know what it really means. But I just want to take some time to show you very few scriptures in the Bible and talk about it very, very shortly. Um, I want to talk about being born again. What does it mean to be born again? You know, the way it sounds, you could, um, just like someone thought in the Bible that um, you would have to enter into your mother's womb again and be born. But I want us to look at the Bible and um, see... What exactly that means, to be born again. John chapter number 3, the book of St. John, chapter number 3. And let's start from verse 1. We're just going to take a look at this old chapter and understand by the words of the Master what it means to be born again in John chapter 3 verse 1 he says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews verse two the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him Rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do this these miracles that thou doest except God be with him it's amazing that um, this this Pharisee recognized that, um, there was something godly about Jesus and that the miracles that he performed, no one could do it it or could have done it except God be with that person. And in verse number three, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Did you see that in verse number three? He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus uses the word be born again. He says, except a man. I want you to notice um, Jesus' terms. He says, verily, very that means surely, surely, of a surety, of a certainty. There is no middle ground. There is no another way. He says, except a man be born again. He says he cannot see the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born again? To be born again means to be born from above. Above means from heaven. And when I mean heaven, I don't mean the geographical heaven. To be born again means to be born of the spirit of God. To be born again is it's to be born of the spirit of God. And when you give your heart to Christ, when you get born again, your mind didn't get born again. It is your spirit. It is your human spirit that is recreated. It is a spiritual work of faith and of God made possible by the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's continue reading. I just wanted to point that to you. Born again, the word "again" there means above, born from above. So, verse four it says, "Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born?" The same thing I just said. You know, there was someone who thought like that and asked that same question. Verse five: Jesus answered, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee." Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Did you see that? Except you are born of the Spirit. So to be born again means to be born of the Spirit. Which Spirit? If you notice the writing in that verse, the S for the Spirit is written in case or capital letter, meaning it's referring to the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is a person. Are you following me? Verse 6 says, That which is born of, of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If you have some kind of uncertainty about what I said about the Spirit there, you can see in the latter part of verse 6 where he used spirit twice. He said, uh, let's read that last part. He said, And that which is born of the Spirit a spirit. He uses the capital letter S in the first spirit and uses the lower case S in the latter spirit. Meaning that um, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of a man. That means you become a spirit when you are born of the Spirit of God. Are you following that? Verse 7, The marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. Now, this is one of the amazing parts of this scripture. Because um, Jesus said, don't be surprised that I'm telling you that you must be born again. He, he reiterates the, the fact that there is no middle ground. You must be born again to see God, to, to, to see the kingdom of God. Function in godliness, you must be born again. To function in God, you must be born again. You must, must. Meaning it's a necessity. I read verse 7 again. It says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Verse 8, Jesus said, The wind blew it where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It is everyone that is born of the Spirit is like a wind. You don't know where it's coming from, and you don't know where it's going. You don't see it, but you can feel feel, feel the effect of the wind. Jesus says, everyone who is born of the Spirit is like that. You know, I don't know, maybe as a Christian, people have sometimes told you, we don't even understand you. You People are not supposed to understand you. Jesus said, you're like a wind. You do what your father tells you to do. When Jesus walked the face of the earth, they didn't understand him. They didn't understand him. They didn't even understand his words, not to talk of understanding him. I'm not saying that it wasn't possible to understand him. But he was speaking from a level that it took only the Spirit of God to open the hearts of people to see and to know and to understand His words. The Bible lets us know that the Spirit speaks expressly. Expressly. So let's continue reading verse 9. It says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are thou a master? Of Israel and knowest not these things, very rarely I say unto thee, that's verse eleven. We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witnesses. Verse 12, If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Now what Jesus is saying here is: if I tell you things that happen on earth, and you don't believe it. Would you believe if I tell you things that happen in heaven? So in other words, you know there are those who are waiting for their redemption when they die. Redemption is going it's not going to come when you die. It's not going to come. Redemption is not going to come when you die. Redemption is now. Let me show you something. First we'll come back to this scripture in first 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. I'll show you what redemption, where redemption is. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 30. Are you there? 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 30. It says, but of him are ye in Christ. Of who? It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Look at look at that closely look at what jesus christ is made unto us look at what jesus is to us is i'll read again but of him are ye in christ jesus who of god is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption in other words jesus is our wisdom is our righteousness is our sanctification and is our redemption so you so the 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 sets of people who say that they are waiting for when they die to have their redemption redemption is now jesus christ is redemption when you receive christ when you receive jesus into your life then you have received redemption and that's what it means to be born again that's what it means to be born again verse number 3 Thirteen, he says, and no man has ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever, I want you to listen to this, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever believe, whosoever believes in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. The only way that you will not perish, the only way that you will have eternal life is when you believe in the person of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. When you believe in in His coming, when you believe in His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Only then, only then, only then would you experience eternal life. Only then can you live a life without perishing. Verse number, number 16. It says, For God so loved the world, oh, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. I want you to listen to what that says. It says, For God so loved the world. We know the scripture. We quote it. You might even be quoting the scriptures. I mean, this scripture often. For God so loved the world. But if you know the meaning of this scripture, it will change your life, it will give you a new dimension how you see things. He says, for God so loved the world. That means the love of God, it, it, it made him give. He says, he so much loved the world. When he says, for God so loved the world, he's not talking about the world of cars, the world of houses. He's talking about the world of mankind. He's talking about human beings. See, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. He so loved the word that he gave. It it made him give. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever. Whosoever. So it doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter which country you are in. It doesn't matter uh, the name that you bear. As long as you believe In the name of the Son of God, as long as you believe in Him, as long as you believe that He died for you, He was raised on the third day for your justification. Salvation is yours. Everlasting life is yours. Eternal life is yours. And you will not perish. What does it mean to perish, if I may say? To perish is not um, something that you will experience at death. My physical death but according to the scriptures the one without God the one without Jesus is dead so what happens to something that is dead it perishes it decays it deteriorates according to the mind of God according to the scriptures one without Jesus is without life and what is what do you how would you say someone that is without life It means the person is dead. So according to the scriptures, one without Jesus Christ is dead. So that person can only perish. And that's why you find people perish in their bodies, perish in their finances, they perish in their mind, they perish in their thoughts, they perish even in their character and in their attitude. Because there is no life in them. Even the way they look you can see that they are deteriorating. You can see. And I've seen it over the years when people give their hearts to Christ, and in less than a month later, they look younger, they look they look so good, they look more beautiful. Just because they receive Jesus as the Lord of their lives. Just because they receive the Holy Ghost, just because they are born again. To tell you that life, see, let me tell you something. One of my experiences about, my physical experiences about life. When I mean life, I mean the life that you have to breathe. Maybe you have, you, have, you have never seen or you have seen a dead body before that you know. If you knew somebody when they were living and when they passed on, you went to see their dead body. Can you see the deadness of the body? Compared to when they were alive. The face of the person. outrightly changes. Some, some of these dead bodies. They don't even look as much as they. They, they don't look like how they looked when they, they, they were living. You could you could see the absence of life. You know I had an experience that I, I, I got to see someone that um, I knew when she was alive, and I went to see a dead body. And um, at that moment, I came up to, to a conclusion that life is beautiful. I'm not saying that when you live life, that life, I mean, I mean, life is beauty. Because the beauty on the face of that lady absconded because of the absence of life. The body doesn't look good. The carcasses that is left behind doesn't look good. It doesn't carry the. You can you can you can virtually see the absence of life. You know that's a that's a physical example, and that's 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 a type that's a, that's a, 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 that's significance to what happens in the realm of the spirit. So when when one is without Christ, when one is without God. When one is not born again, when one is not a Christian, that person, such an individual, is considered dead. Is considered dead. And that's why, you know, in the scriptures you find at several places where it talks about the life that we've been given, the life that, we, that we've been given. Life, life. The only true life doesn't start when you were born. The true life starts when you give your heart to Christ. That's when the life of God kicks in. Uh, is activated to operate in your life. So you'll see a different kind of beauty. you see a different kind of, of glory. Because of the presence of God in your life. God is life. Jesus is life. The gospel that we preach is life. Jesus said, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the life. Let's, let's continue that scripture. Verse 16 again says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you're listening to this today and um, you probably. Or you're thinking, I've done so much evil, so much bad, I don't think God can forgive me. And you're judging yourself like that. Read that verse 17 again. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world through him might be saved. Why did he use the word might? I want you to know that when Jesus speaks, he picks his words and, or chooses his words diligently and carefully. He says, but that the world through him might be saved. In other words, the whole world has been saved in Jesus Christ, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But if you don't choose to receive the salvation, if you don't accept the salvation, that the time is going to come where there will be a condemnation, and we will read it in the latter verse in this book. The condemnation would okay. You will see the reason why. You know, if I ask you now, why do you think people go to hell? I'll show you in a moment. Let's keep reading. Verse seventeen again. Say, for God sent not. Is son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It took your place. The Bible says that he who knew no sin was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It became sin. Jesus did not become a sinner. The Bible lets us know that there was no guile found in the mouth of Jesus. There was no sin found in him. It was a hundred percent holy, and it was made sin, it was made the very object of sin. it was not made a sinner, it was made sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. Verse eighteen said he that believeth on him is not condemned. did you see that but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, so you see that? It didn't say when you don't believe in Jesus, you are condemned already because you are a sinner. It says the person is condemned already because they refuse to believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So people would go to hell For their unbelief. For not accepting Jesus as Lord of their lives. That is the reason why people will go to hell. Not because of their sins. Because sin has been dealt with. Sin has been dealt with. It's just like your father called you and said, "Um, I just bought you a car. But you see, you, you you can pick it up anytime you want, okay? And then you are there. You didn't go you never went there to pick it up. You never went there to pick it up and you are in need of a car. You're trekking, you're walking, you're going late to work. You you can't you can't really move around as you should, but you have a car somewhere that you all you need to do is just go there and receive that gift. Just for you to go there and receive that gift. But you refuse not to go. That's exactly how it is. Jesus has given you the gift of righteousness. All you need to do is to accept that gift, is to receive it. Is to receive that gift and that's why we preach the gospel. To make people aware that this thing is yours. Jesus has done, he has paid the price. He has paid the price. All you need to do is to receive it, accept it and make it yours. So let's read that verse 18 again. Say, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's why they go to hell, because they refuse, they choose, they choose not to believe in Jesus Christ. Not because of their sins, because their sins were laid to the cross. Hallelujah. He was made sin. All kinds of sin that you could ever think in your life that you have ever committed. It was laid on him. That was why he became that thing you call sin. And he died on the cross. He took your place. So that you can take his place. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is coming into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds, are, their deeds were evil. Did you see that? Someone who is doing evil will never want to come into the light so that people will not see what they are doing in darkness. And that's why the evil people love darkness. Evil loves darkness because light is a revealer. Light is an exposer. It exposes you. It reveals you. It illuminates you. That's what light does. Verse 20. For everyone that doeth evil hated the light. You see that. Neither comment to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You see that. Verse 21. But he that doeth truth, come to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. You see that. This is this is this is basically what it means to be born again in John chapter 3. When you read, you can you can go through it again by yourself. You can go through it again by yourself and you see this is what it means to be born again. And it, it is as simple as this is, it is so important that you understand that this is the only way you can be saved from this wicked world. A lot of things are going on in the world right now, and I always talk about the peace. That is in Christ Jesus. There are some things that you experience as a Christian. That you experience as a Christian. I mean a Christian who is functional in faith. A Christian who knows who he or she is. There are some things that you will experience. That it's hard for you to explain to people what you are experiencing. Because there are some experiences you will have. That you have to be a part of this thing. Before you even have have those experiences. And really understand what it is. Or what it feels like to have those experiences. And this is not for a select few. It's for everybody. Jesus died for everyone. Everybody. That's why it's called a free gift of righteousness. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is what he just told you. Just believe on the name of the Son of God. Just believe that he is the Son of God. Just believe that he died for your sin. And he was raised on the third day for your justification. That's all. That's all your part. That's all that you need to do. That's all. That's all. The hardest part was what he picked to do for you. See, this is so important because it is God's desire to see mankind function and live in glory like him. It is God's desire. For, for, for some times now, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord has been revealing to me. How much he desires to have mankind walk in the statutes which, which he has prepared and given to, to us as Christians. How much he desires to have them live the, this life, this life of glory. I'll tell you so many things that people go through in our world today, they are unnecessary. It's the best way to, to, to describe it is, uh, is basically suffering in the midst of plenty suffering suffering in the midst of plenty that's basically what it is because many things that people go through has been paid and dealt with in jesus christ even some christians today because they are not being taught the word of god because they don't know who they are in christ jesus they still have the devil meddle with their body meddle with their health meddle with their minds why because they do not know the bible says that they know not Neither do they understand. He said, they walk on in darkness. He said, but I have said, ye are of God. And all of you are children of the most High." He said, but because they know not and they do not understand. He said, they would die like men. But yet they are not men. They are not human beings. Jesus told them. He said, didn't your Lord tell you that ye are God's? So many, I mean, before, before even talking about those who don't even know, know Christ at all, many Christians are, 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 are living below standard, below the standard of, of the life that Christ has given us. You hear, you, hear, you hear a Christian joyously nursing sickness, joyously nursing failure, joyously nursing depression, joyously. I mean, it's good to do those things joyously, I mean. You know, uh, the Bible says that in every situation we should give thanks, and it says rejoice always. But those things that I just mentioned are not meant for a Christian. A Christian is too big for those things. You can allow those things to wor- to, to 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 affect your life. You can a- allow those things to be in, in your life, to be in your body. Those sickness, those 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 de- um, uh, that depression, you can allow it. Because you allowed it. But if you know who you are. In Christ Jesus. And you stand your ground in faith. That is not your inheritance. You are not supposed to have those things. You are not supposed to. If Jesus was never depressed. You should never be depressed. If Jesus was never sick. You should never be sick. Now someone is saying, uh-uh, how can you be comparing me to Jesus? Why did you think he, he came? Why do you think that Jesus just he, he came and then he had to show some things in the earth before he went to the cross? Why didn't he just come and then go straight to the cross and die? He had to show you this life that I'm about to give to you. There is a way to live that life. And I'm showing you the example. The Bible lets us know. It says, as he is, so a way in this world. In other words, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. If the word of God says that about you, then if Jesus was never sick when He walked the face of the earth, it has become illegal for you to be sick. If Jesus was never a failure, it has become illegal for you to be, to be a failure. As he is, so are we in this world. The Bible says, it says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That greater that is in you, what are you using it for? can you have the greater one in you who is the greater one that is the holy ghost that's god the bible says christ in you the hope of glory Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 28 is it christ in you the hope of glory christ in you christ in you that means christ is in you he lives in you he abides in you so why should you be sick why should you be de- depressed someone is hearing me right now you're like then how do, how do i not 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 experience all these things in my life how can i stop it you can stop it the moment you realize the moment you hear me and you hear me well that this thing is not for you and you search the scriptures and you begin to speak god's word concerning your body I reject it you know we accept a lot of things like this there's something i always say you feel a tiny pain a tiny pain in your body all of a sudden or maybe on your foot and um, you are like uh, well it's, it's, it's a pain you didn't pay attention to it and before you know it that slight and little pain started expanding the following week your whole your whole feet is swollen up just from that slight pain you know how many people have heard who became deadly sick but then they will tell you that it just started from that spot scratching them or itching them. Or it just started like a scratch. And it became something deadly just from that little thing. So I tell people, no matter how slightly you feel that pain in your body, put your hands on it and say, In the name of the blessed Lord Jesus Christ, out of my body, this is not your place. Attack it immediately. But if you don't believe in that, in 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 that, you cannot use it. If you don't believe in the name of Jesus, you cannot use it. You know, I remember a story years ago. A friend of mine was um, boarded a bus, and um, the bus happened to be honed by armed robbers. So, and it was on a Sunday morning. He was going to church, and there was a lady also who was a passenger who entered the bus and um, she was also going to another church. So, and um, this lady was so scared because these armed robbers brought out their gun and, you know, introduced themselves and, you know, they made known their, their, their intentions and they were driving them off the route they were supposed to be going to. And this lady began to be so afraid. And she shouted, Jesus, and one of the arm robbers gave her a slap. And my friend, who also I saw in church that morning, you know, he told me when he got to church, why he had came a little bit late to church. And um, he said he was just there, speaking in other tongues, gently and silently the same arm dropper that gave that lady a slap just for, for shouting Jesus, turned to him and said, Pastor, we are sorry. Oh, we are so sorry. The boy is going to stop now. You are going to get off and go on your own way. He was not even a pastor. What is my point? The lady called out the name of Jesus out of fear, not out of revelation. If you don't know Jesus, have a relation, a revelational relationship with Jesus Christ. When you call his name, it might not work. Out of fear, she screamed the name of Jesus and that was why the arm dropper could have the audacity to give to, to slap her. Somebody else will call that name and and uh, and uh, as the arm dropper even tried to lift his hand, his hand could have been paralyzed immediately. Or hang up there and not be able to bring it down. Do you know what power the name of Jesus carries? That is the name that raised the dead. That is the name that set the captives free. That's the name, the same name that makes the limb walk, the leper cleansed, the blind receive sight, deaf ear unstopped, the same name. so don't 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 think religiously when you hear me say stuff like, "If Jesus was never sick when he walked the face of the earth, you should never be sick. It's illegal for you to be sick. Because the dream of God, God's dream, was to send his only begotten son so that he can have many sons and daughters. And that operation was successful. It did it. And that's why I'd say people in such situations are just suffering for nothing, suffering in the midst of plenty. It's like a son whose father died and left him an estate, and was in a, or, or and is in another city, suffering and begging for money on the street. Yet there is. A multi-billion dollar estate that the father has left for him. But he's in another state suffering. Begging for money. Begging for food in the street. That's how it is. When you see a Christian suffering in the midst of plenty. That's the picture that should come to your mind. You have so much. So much. You know, Paul says, "He says, I will not frustrate the grace of God in my life. Suffering in the midst of plenty is frustrating the grace of God. That's one way you can frustrate the grace of God in your life. When you are suffering in the midst of plenty and you are allowing it. You are allowing it. Some even will go as far as saying that God is using that pain that sickness, to punish them. Would God use the weapon of the enemy to punish his own beloved children? Beloved children. The children that he loves so much that he gave his only begotten son for them. He will now use the weapon of the enemy to punish them. What is that lesson he wants to pass across that will, that will make God love himself He's not the God that loves. He's the God that is love himself. What, what information, what knowledge, what lesson would he want to pass across to you that will make him use the weapon of the enemy to punish you, his child? Yes, the Bible says that the father chastises the, the, the son that he loves. That's not chastisement. That's destruction. Chastisement is rebuke, is correction, is training. Some some will say maybe the Lord is using that sickness to humble him. Are you Are you serious? To humble him. Nothing can humble a man on earth except the word of God, except the knowledge of the word of God. In fact, when you don't know the meaning of humility, that's when you can talk like that humility is submission your submission or your submissiveness to the word of God to the counsel of God that's humility that's humility so nothing in this world the weapon of the enemy cannot teach you how to be humble only God and his spirit and his word can give you the spirit of you because in the Bible if you read in Isaiah chapter 11 there is a spirit of humility There is. And it's of God. You can't train yourself to have the spirit of humility. (laughs) It's a gift of God. Upon one stone shall be seven heights. It's one of the seven spirits of God. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's the spirit of reverence. Humility. Not only humble before God. But you are so humble before God that you are humble before his creation. Because every creation of God is connected to God. So as he is, listen to me, as he is, so are you in this world. So that sickness doesn't belong in your body. That thing you've been trying to do for so many years and you've been failing every time you try to do it, it is not your portion to fail. You are a success. The Holy Ghost came to make you a success. That's one of his works. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to make you a success. He came to make you a success. Success in everything that you do. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible says thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph. Causes us, always, causes us to triumph. God, he makes you triumph always. Always, not sometimes. And you're saying that failure belongs to you. When he makes you triumph always. That's what the scripture says. You know, sometimes we find ourselves believing and accepting things that sound like it could be right. But they are against the will and the word of God. Totally against it. God does not punish his children with failure. He doesn't. God's children are successful at all times. But the thing is, success has levels. And, and, you know, I always say that success has been long misunderstood. Success has nothing to do with money. Prosperity has nothing to do with money. But you can't have prosperity and not have money. (laughs) You can't. Prosperity is the first of your inner inner being. You are first prosperous inside before you become prosperous outside. That's why you can't be a prosperous man inside and not be, be prosperous outside in all that you do. He said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosperates. And someone is saying, "Oh, I think this guy is part of those um, prosperity preachers. Go and go, 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 go and study what it means to be to to receive salvation. One of the synonyms of salvation is prosperity. So I don't know what you're talking about. So you 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 think it's Jesus that uh, is 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 the devil that gives prosperity? That's one of the gifts of God in Christ Jesus." Look at the gospel. I'm here now talking to you. The equipment I'm using to talk to you, you think I went to the market and I told them, or to the store, I told them, um, I'm, a, I'm a man of God, I'm in ministry. So um, here's my ticket. So and um, I've come to collect the equipment that I need for free. Everything costs money. The gospel is free, but it's expensive. <laughs> it's not cheap. prosperity preachers you can put my name in the list because I'm gladly a prosperity preacher because salvation one of the synonyms of salvation is prosperity salvation is a total package it left nothing good outside everything good is in, is in, is in salvation And that's why we preach this gospel that you might be born again because the peace, everything that you need is in the word of God, is in Christ. Everything you could ever and would ever need in your life is in Christ. Is in Christ. The Bible lets us know in the book of Acts how that the apostles became great. They became great. How? The Bible says, it says, He who was rich was made poor, that me, ye through his poverty, might become rich. He says, he who was rich, Jesus was rich. But yet for my sake, he became poor, that through his poverty I might become rich. If he became poor so that I can, I might be rich, and I now live in poverty, what does that tell you? It means I have frustrated the works of Jesus Christ in my life. So don't, don't accept people's... Uh, People's idea, just because you want to be, uh, you, you want to be in their league. God's word is God's word. I reject poverty. I'm loaded. I'm rich. I'm a prosperous man. That's how I talk to myself in, in the place of prayer. I'm a successful man. My God is a prosperous God. So you can call me a prosperity preacher. At least I'm, I'm 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 not telling you to send money to me. Yet I still give my tithe and give my offering and so special seeds. <laughs> and I found out that those who complain about about stuffs like that, they are those who who are stingy. Number one. And number two, who, who don't really have a relationship with God. Because the Bible lets us know. The Bible lets us know that where your treasure is, or where your heart is, is it that that is where your treasure will be. If you believe in something, your money will be in it. Don't you think so? If you truly believe in Jesus Christ, your money will be in His works. Ah, but so, but those pastors will be taking your money and be buying cars and you know flashy clothes, flashy shoes, and uh, 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 big houses. What is your own business? If you don't like the church, find another one. The one that you know that they use your money for, for the, for the cause of the gospel. But if you like the church and you are still in the church, stop complaining. Keep giving your tithes. Believe that you are giving your tithe to God as God has told you to do in the scriptures. What they use the money for is not your business. Isn't that so simple? It's not your business. Don't pay your tithes if the work will not go on. Don't give your offering if the gospel will not be preached. It will still be preached. So, what's your business? They're telling you to give only because. I don't know why I'm talking about giving, for God's sake. <laughs> They're telling you to give because it is for your own good. The Bible says, Paul, uh, um, that disciple was quoting Jesus. He says, he, he, says, he, says, he, says, he says, Jesus said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. The blessing is in the giving, not in, not in in the receiving. those who are receiving what you are giving. that's not where the blessing is. The blessing is in the giving. A, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So when you are giving, it's not that people are trying the, that they are trying to to empty your pockets. they are, they are, they are trying to make you make you that to which you know bring you up to that level. See. When you are you come up to that level where you can easily, without being reluctant, release your money for the things of the gospel. You know what you're saying to God without saying any word? You are telling God that this money is not Lord over me. You are my Lord. It's, it's one of the ways you worship God with your offer, with your money. Because you worked for that money. You clocked in and clocked out for that money and now you are submitting it before God for his work. You know what you know what you are saying to God? You know there are those who worship money. The Bible did not say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. People that are complaining about offering and tithes in the church, those are the ones, those are the ones who love money because it is hard for them to release money, to release their money for the work of the gospel. For for the work of the ministry. What you have in your hands is the key to that future that you that you want. That's the key. That's the key. If you understand the principle of giving, the principle of tithing, the principle of giving an offering, and I'm not talking about, about um, um charity, that's different. I'm talking about sacrificial offering to God, the one that goes to God, to the house of God. The Bible says, he said, bring all the tithes into my storehouse, into the storehouse. He said that, that there might be meat in my house. That's what the word of God says. Does God need your money? He doesn't. So, why does the Bible support you giving? Why does he support it? An example in the Bible, Jesus was in the synagogue and was watching people give, give offering. There was an elderly woman who had no body, no child, no husband. But she brought the best. Of the things that she had in her house to give to God. Jesus did not say because you are poor. Keep, keep, keep that for yourself. No. It didn't stop the woman from giving that thing. The woman gave it. And he, he saw her gave it. And guess what? Jesus blessed her for it. He, she received the miracle. In fact, Jesus talked about her. She gave her best. In the midst of nothing. Jesus did not pity and say, don't don't worry, take it with you. There must be a reason why Jesus didn't didn't do that. Don't you think so? You know, people have talked about it so much that church matters, sacred matters have now become a things of the news. That even fellow Christians who go outside and be talking about how their pastor is say, doing something with their tithe, with their offering. You have, you have, uh, uh, oh, what's the word now? You have betrayed the kingdom. When you do that, you have betrayed the kingdom of God. You carry the matter, only matters, and take it outside and begin to talk about it. Amongst people who don't even know God, who have never stepped into church all their lives, you now carry the matter and table it in front of them you have betrayed the kingdom of Christ that's what you have done Holy matters is meant for holy people if you are like that you better repent because I don't know why I'm talking about I don't know why I'm talking about all this in this in this in this episode but I know someone is listening to that praise God let us just finish. Uh, finish this. I, I just want to read the latter part of that of that um, chapter number three and hear what um, John the Baptist concluded about Jesus Christ. You know, testifying to what Jesus has said concerning himself. Let's start reading from verse twenty-two. I'm going to be be fast now. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Hanon near to Salim, because there was much water there and they, and they came and were baptized for John was not yet cast into prison. Verse 25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. You're talking about Jesus. They came to him and said, the, the guy that you baptized and you said that, behold, this is the son of God. This is the lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world when you baptized him. He said, that same guy that you baptized is somewhere now close to you baptizing also. He had John's response. And they, verse 27 John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You know, this is, this is one of the people in the Bible that Jesus and, and God talked about respectfully. And this is why. This is one of the reasons. If you baptize somebody and that person right beside you started baptizing someone else, in the world that we live now, you start seeing beefing. You start seeing hatred. You start seeing jealousy at work. But look, just hear John's response. John did not say, Living, we know them. They will not last. They can only try to be like us, but they will not stand. It's not for long. Only God will make his own stand. He didn't say that. Just hear John's response character, attitude. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves be a witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the b- bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore. He said, this is my joy, therefore, is he, he, fulfilled. That means he's saying that I am happy that he has begun his ministry. Look at John's response. Verse 30, he must increase, talking about Jesus, but I must, de- I must decrease. Verse 31, he that cometh from above is above all. Kaya. Now, we read in chapter 3, verse 3, that Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot, receive, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we said that, uh, except a man be born again, again that means born from above. Now, John is using the same term for Jesus. That he that is from, uh, that is, uh, let's, let's read in verse 30, 30, number, 31. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. But now Jesus said, he said, you must be born from above. And you are telling me that there's no similarity between me and Jesus. <laughs> we have the same origin. We have the same origin. From above. Jesus told them. He said, I am not of this world. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I am not of this world. You can say this. I am not of this world. I am in this world, but not of this world. The Bible lets us know. I'm not of this world. I'm born of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 32. And what he had seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that had received his testimony hath said to his seal that God is true. That means uh, John was saying, John the Baptist was saying concerning Jesus, that the testimony that Jesus, Jesus gave, some are not receiving it. Some do not believe it. He said, but when you receive the testimonies of Jesus, when you receive the words of Jesus, you are testifying that God is true. Why? Because in him is God. He is the beginning and the conclusion of God. So if if you reject Jesus, you have rejected God. And that's why people go to hell. Because he has given you all that you require to know him, to see him. He has done his part. Verse 34, verse 34, he said, For he he whom God hath sent, speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. Hallelujah. He says, The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hands." That's remarkable. Verse 36 is mind-blowing. Listen to this. Verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Now, John is saying this. He said, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Did you see that? Shall not see life. He said, but the wrath, the wrath of God abideth on him. yeah. Hey, what a life to live. That you are living knowing that the wrath of God is on that person. Why? Because they choose to not to, to, to they, they chose not to believe the Son of God. They ignored the gospel of Jesus. They heard the gospel, but they ignored it. No, that's foolishness. Foolishness is not when you don't know something. Foolishness is knowing something and ignoring it. You know the truth, but then you ignore the truth. That's foolishness. You've heard the gospel so many times. You wonder why these people keep coming to you to preach the gospel to you. You wonder why you open up your phone and things like this are popping up for you to listen to. But yet, you are not born again. Yet, you are not taking God seriously. He said, the wrath of God abided with that person. He said, such person cannot see life. When you reject this gospel, he said, you cannot see life. You think you are living. You think you are breathing. But you, you, you are not living. That's, 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 that, that's how the scripture postulates it. The one who has rejected Jesus Christ is walking in death. He's walking in death. And that's why the devil can easily make a mess of that person. In fact, that person is uh, is uh, is one of the reservations of the devil to be used in a latter time. If the person does not receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's no middle ground. You can't say you are not for God, you don't believe in Jesus, and you don't you are not for the devil. No, you are for someone. There's no middle ground. You know, years ago we, we used to have the the um the I class, the middle class and the lower class study the business world today study economics today there's no middle class anymore <laughs> middle class has been swallowed up. there's nothing like middle class anymore so you you, you, you can you can't, you can't be in the middle ground. you are either for Jesus or you are for the devil say ah i'm just i'm just I'm just spiritual. What do you think you you know? Do you think you know what being spiritual is? How do you coin that out? What does it mean to be spiritual? What does it mean to be spiritual? What do you think it means? I'm just spiritual. How could you be spiritual without the Father of Spirits? God is called the Father of Spirits. How could you be spiritual without the Holy Ghost? How could you be spiritual without the Word of God? Tell me. How could you? Romans chapter eight, let me show you something in Romans chapter eight Romans chapter eight. Let, let's, let's just start from verse one. it says, therefore it says, "There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. but after the spirit the only way you can walk after the spirit is through the gospel of Jesus Christ." You say you are spiritual. What do you you know about being spiritual? Because you you are relating to some other stupid gods. Gods that are not gods. Gods that you have to nudge. (laughs) Gods that cannot talk back to you. Gods that cannot breathe. I serve the living God, the only living God. That's the true God. You say you're spiritual. Uh-uh. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not into that Jesus thing. I'm just a spiritual person. Let me let me announce to you what you're doing. You are summoning demons unknowingly. That's what you're doing. You are opening doors for demons. Go go and research those who were so spiritual. And go and find out how they ended up in their life. See the the, the amount of demons they attracted to themselves. You don't know what you are dabbling with. (laughs) You know, as a pastor, I'm also a spiritual doctor. (laughs) So I I, I know these things. I deal with the spiritual. I'm qualified to tell you these things. You are dabbling with what you know nothing about. I'm just just spiritual. (laughs) I wish you know what it means to be spiritual. Let's finish that uh, that Romans chapter number 8, verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It tells you where it is, in Christ Jesus. It says, "At make me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. We walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You don't want to know God. You don't know God, but you claim that you are spiritual. Brothers and sisters, you are dead. If you're like that, that's dead. That's dead. I watched, I watched a testimony of one lady on YouTube who, 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 who used to claim that she, she was spiritual. Before she knew it, demons, demons are taking hold of her. <laughs> they will come to the room and she will, she will feel them so strong. You are dabbling with what you know nothing about. See you see see you say you you're relating with um, with James Stones. Ha, I pity you. I pity you. You are dabbling with what you know nothing about. There's only one God, there's only one spirit. He's called the Father of Spirits. To be spiritual means to have the understanding of God. That's spirituality. To be spiritual is, is, is to be in relationship with deity, with God Almighty, with divinity, with the Holy Ghost. To be in, in perfect and cordial relationship with God and His Word. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what it means to be spiritual. Not to read zodiac signs and, and, and deal with gems and all kinds of stones. You believe everything. You believe there's a God somewhere, but you don't know which. You are confused. You know, I I, I said it a, lo- a, a, a lot of times. Religion, Christianity is not religion. Religion is defined as one of man's way of finding God, which will never find God, which never led to God or will never lead to God. Christianity is not a religion. It is divinity at work in humanity. Kaya, that's Christianity. It is the life of God in a man, and man in God. Hallelujah! It's a cordial relationship. And and when we preach this gospel, you know, gospel that people be saved. This is this is this is what we enjoy. See, you're spiritual. Please don't say that again please don't not without the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ please don't say that again because if you don't have the knowledge of the of, 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 of the gospel of Christ if you are not for God and you're claiming that you're spiritual the only kind of thing that you are calling to yourself are demons hear me and hear me well I say the only thing these things you' are calling to yourself are demons and you can take me up on that that's what you are that's what you are calling to yourself if you if you see spiritual activities if you see spiritual activities you will not you will not wait you will run when you experience the true spiritual activities you will not be able to take it you will dissipate in the air Say you, you are just spiritual. <laughs> oh my God. You know, that's why, that's why, that's why I, you know, I, we do what we do to make you understand. There's so many things that we just say, so many things we just talk about, but we don't, you, you, we don't have excellent understanding of what we're saying. You know, let's, let's come back to this born again thing. <laughs> let's come back to this born again. So I, I read John chapter 3 to you so that you can see that there's only one way. Don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. There's only one way. You must be born again like Jesus. He said, Jesus said, he said, don't be surprised that I'm saying you must Don't be surprised that I'm using the word must. Don't be surprised. It's a necessity that you must be born again. That's the the only place where you have your provisions ready. That's where he has made provisions for you. That's your safe house. Romans chapter number 10. Let's just finish it here. Romans chapter number 10. You know, maybe you, you might be asking, so how do I, how do I become born again? Now that I know that being born again is to be born of God. And, and to be born again, it's not my body that gets born again. It's my spirit. My spirit is recreated. That's why I'm called a new creation. The Bible calls us, you know, in 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 um in First Corinthians chapter number five, verse seventeen to twenty-one. He says he talks. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Maybe I should I should just show you that. Let me just show you that very quickly. Second Corinthians chapter number five. Chapter number five is seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. See that? You are a new creature. He is. If a man, any man be in Christ, when you come into Christ, you are changed, you are metamorphosed. You are now a new creature, a new species of being. No more a human being. <laughs> you are a spirit being. Uh huh. Now you understand what it is to be spiritual. That's the only way to be spiritual. When you are in connect with God. So I said Romans chapter number 10. So it's your spirit that is recreated, not your body. But then the influence of God in your your spirit begins to affect your body. You you make loud the influence of God in your spirit, your body, to your mind. And the Bible says, just for you to know that your mind did not get born again, but your spirit did. You know, and um, the Bible says the only way to renew your mind is by the study of God's word. So you renew your mind with the word of God, but your spirit is the one that gets born again. Listen to this. Man is a spirit. Man is not someone that has a spirit. Man doesn't have a spirit. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives in a body. Man is a spirit. You are a spirit being. So is that is, is, that, is that spirit that is recreated, reformed, recreated, reborn. And open to the plan's will, glory, effectiveness, righteousness of God. Hallelujah. So how do I receive? How do I become born again? Jesus told um, Nicodemus. He told him how to be born again. We read it. But let me show you practically here. In Romans chapter 10. Let's start reading from verse 9. Verse 9, are you there? It says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. This is the way to be born again. This is the way to receive salvation. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, salvation is yours. Thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be saved. You see that? It's as simple as that. I know you have heard uh, some, some... Some ministers of God, who, um, because of um, lack of knowledge, they would say that uh, to those people who want to be born again, they would tell them to confess their sins. Um, The Bible never told us to confess our sins when you want to become born again. The only place where the Bible tells us to confess our, our wrongs, confess our sins, is either with brethren. Maybe you did something wrong. You are already a Christian, but then you did something wrong. The Bible says you should confess your sins to the Lord or to the brethren. You tell them what you tell a brethren, a brother what, what you have done to him wrong, to him. But if it is to God, you go to God and pray and say, Lord, I did this and I'm sorry, and I receive forgiveness of sin. But the Bible also says that same place where that was said. He said, but if you truly walk in God, he said, you, you should not sin. You cannot sin. So it is it is a level. So that's the only place where you, can, you confess your sin. But when you are just becoming a Christian, just coming into Christ, you don't confess your sin. Because how many will you remember? Even the moment your parents gave birth to you, if, if your parents were not born again, and they gave birth to you, you were born in sin. You were born in sin. The nature you came with was the nature of Adam, and that's the nature of sin. And that's when when you give your heart to Christ, your nature was, was changed. The nature of God supplanted your human nature. The nature of God is the nature of righteousness. It supplanted that human, that sin nature. Are you following me? So that nature that is supplanted with the nature of righteousness. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, he said, thou shalt be saved. That's all. So it is not it is not scriptural for those who are just coming into Christ to confess their sin. The Bible never says we should do that. What it says they should do is that they should conf, they should believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess with their mouth that God has raised him from the dead and believe it, he said, then they will be saved. That's all. Why? Why did he say that? Because Jesus was made a ransom for sin and Jesus was made your righteousness. So immediately you do that, you, you, all, all, all the sin that you cannot even count, everything is wiped off. In fact, you do not have a past. You, you, the moment you to Jesus as Lord of your life, you are given a brand new life, a brand new uh, um, uh, living. In fact, to God, you never existed before. That's how it is. I'm telling you, to God, you never existed before. Because you've been dead. You just came alive. So how could you exist before when you were dead? <laughs> you follow me now. One without Christ is dead. Are you with me? Let's read that verse 9 again. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 it said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, he said, Thou shalt be saved. Verse 10: For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. He said, When you believe with your heart, you are believing unto righteousness. It takes your heart to believe. To get to to be righteous, like the, uh, uh, and the Bible says in that book of Romans, I think chapter four, he, he, he talked about Abraham. He said Abraham believed God, and it was counted. It was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God, and God made him. God gave him righteousness because he believed God. So now it's it's, it's reiterating that fact that when you believe God, righteousness is deposited to you. He said, "For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness." And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So, w- with your mouth, you confess your salvation. With your mouth, you catapult yourself into salvation. So, that's how to be born again. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You believe that He came to die for you and that God raised Him from the dead. He Then, at that point in time, you confess Jesus as Lord of your life and you are saved. That does the deal. Someone is saying, that simple. Yes, that's simple. The most important things are li- in life are so simple, too simple, that we ignore them. Too simple. So simple. That's all. That's all. Verse 11, I love verse 11. It says, for, for the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are are so much going on in our world today that, see, psychologists will not help you. They can only go as far as you can pay them. And to some of them, you you might have to continue with them for the rest of your life. That is not a life to live. God never made you like that. He never made you like that. When God created you, he made you excellently well, perfectly. Perfectly well. Jesus is the answer to all your troubles, to all your problems, to all your depression. That is the only answer. He's the only one who will give you peace. So much peace that you you, 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 you even have peace in the midst of trouble. And people will be wondering, is he not going through something? Him, him alone can do that. Isn't that strange to have peace in the midst of trouble? Only one that can do that. Jesus said, he said, in the world, he said, you shall have tribulations, but in me you will have peace. These were his words. It's either he meant his word or not, but he meant it. If he said it, he meant it. The problem is, do you believe it? And that's the whole issue. Do you believe in him? He said, if you believe, you will receive. That's what he said. If you believe, you will receive. What do you believe? What do you really believe? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you know you might be listening to me right now and then. Maybe you've been to churches in some past times in your life. Maybe the things you see in the church has like trickled you, up, you know, pulled you down so much that you don't even have the heart to go to go back to church again. See, I. I don't know the nicest way to say this to you, but if I don't say it, you won't know the gravity of what you have done. When you gave your heart to Christ, was it in relationship with the people in the church? When you gave your heart to Christ, did you give your heart to Christ to the church? Or to the pastor? Or to that person in church who treated you wrong? So you absconded your faith. Remember that day when you were giving your heart to Christ and you were crying. You had so much strong belief in what you are taking on right now. You knew that you received something. And now you walked away from it just because somebody treated you wrong in church. Just because the pastor preached something that you didn't like. You walked away from your salvation. And you say no more church. you have betrayed your faith just because of what another man did i mean that's that's the best way i can i can make you realize the gravity of what you've done if you truly believe in him no matter what anybody did or has done or will do will take you away from the love of the master christianity is a relationship how can you walk away from a relationship irresponsibly It's a relationship. Christianity is a relationship. It's a relationship. It's a partnership with God. It's, it's, It's an association with divinity. And you just walked away from it because of what another man did to you. Why don't you just study your Bible? Jesus lets us in the Bible lets us in, that we should go to church. You should go to church. We should go to church. Keep going to church. Keep studying the Bible. Why don't you take it upon yourself to pray for that pastor? Instead of talking and spreading bad news against him, why don't you just take it upon yourself as a child of God to fast and pray? If truly your father is God, you see God as your father, and he's the creator of all these people, that you think are doing something wrong, the reason why you left that church, why don't you begin to pray for them? If you truly believe that God answers prayer, why don't you take it upon yourself to fast and cry to God that God should save them and help them and open their eyes to see the truth? Doing that, you might have done something that will be bigger than any other thing you could ever ever have done in your life. You would have been saving lives. And even if he cannot, why don't you pray that God will give you a church that you will go to? And if you're in that situation, you've tried so many, because I tried so many churches too when I relocated to this country. I tried so many churches. Even though the Lord had told me, go and start something, go and start something. God gave me vision. But one day, came home with my with my family and i was crying from that church to the house because i was like is this what jesus christ died for the message of the gospel the message of jesus christ is not being preached people are going to church to hear god is coming to help you god 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 God, that's your neighbor they, they think they've got something on you are you kidding me is that the gospel of jesus christ and people will be shouting, glad to hear something like that. Really? Is that the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is that what will, make, what will make them understand who they are as Christians? Is that what will make them understand the power that is within them in Christ Jesus? And that's why there are many Christians out there who are looking for prayers. Why? Because they know. They don't know who they are. They don't know the power that they wield. It's like a king with his crown and his, and his scepter of authority walking on the street and begging people to take him home. When you can order them to take you home. If you're in that situation, you're looking for a church, just just, just send me a message. In fact, I'll, I'll be glad to even hear this, the, the story behind why you left your church. <laughs> I'll be glad to hear it. And we'll together begin to walk on your faith again. Because it's too important. This is your faith. This is your life. This is after this whole world is gone. It's passed away. That is all that will remain. That is all that you will be judged on. Your face in Christ Jesus. And you just walked away from it like that because of what somebody did to you. What about what Jesus did for you? So if you are in that situation, contact me. Just just send me an email at everythinglivingpodcast at gmail.com. Everything Living Podcast at gmail.com I would like to hear your story and I would like to you know to, to, to talk to you hear, 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 hear just to hear your story and you know by the grace of God very soon our church is opening soon. open for all and to all and I tell you it's going to be the church of the greatest people I'm telling you the gathering of the sons of God and daughters of God it will be the gathering of stars, of greatness. I tell you, by the Spirit of the Lord, that's Susie Bear. That's how it will be. I mean, I still, I still have services every Sunday. If you want to be a part of it through the internet, you will. Then I can let you. Just let me know. Because your faith is too important, you got to, you got, you got, you got, you got to, you got to keep it. You got to keep it jealously, preserve it. It's too important. You got to protect your faith. That's why the Bible says. says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Carefully, not reluctantly, not lackadaisically. Like Let your faith mean something to you. So if, 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 if you're if you're listening to me right now and um you want to be born again, like as I like like I've shown shown you from the Bible, it's so easy. You don't have to go and gym and exercise for 50 weeks before God will hear you. He will hear you right there where you are. Right there where you are, and he will answer your prayer you will answer quickly because he doesn't joke with the prayer of salvation. In fact, he's more alert to hear you pray that prayer than you are alert or quick to pray it or yearning to pray it or yearning to pray it. I mean, look at the world we live today. We're talking about coronavirus, talking about COVID-19 and, you know, And now people are so afraid of it. My testimony is I live in health. Since the beginning of the COVID-19, I've been going out doing my thing, doing my job, going out, going to work. Me and my wife. And we've been healthy. Healthy, excellently healthy. Why? Because we have the understanding of who we are in Christ. We are not human beings. Jesus did not die to make you more human beings. He, doesn't, he, he didn't die to, to make you more human, susceptible to viruses. No. Just ask yourself, if COVID-19 had came out in the times of Paul, in the times of Peter, what would they have done in the times of Jesus? Would they wear masks? Would they stay home? Would they close up the synagogue? Would they close up church gatherings? A snake, a venomous snake. More dangerous than COVID-19. Beat Paul. Very venomous snake. Beat Paul. And people were watching and waiting for him to fall down and die. And the Bible lets us know that Paul shook the snake into the fire and continued with his business. He didn't even shout. He didn't even pray. He had an understanding of who he is. He had an understanding of what was in him. He knew. it was the same person that wrote that. That Christ in you is the hope of glory. He was the same person that wrote that Christ in you is the hope of glory. He was that same person. So imagine such a person being alive in the days of COVID-19. And imagine what his response would be. You know, many Christians are just, are just, are just folding their teeth cowardly closing up church, not going to church, hiding on that stuff and all, saying all, all sorts of things because of this COVID-19. They are saying a lot of things. And it, this is the time you actually know those who are really in the faith, who are really, really in the faith. This is time, you know. I mean, there were those who faced swords, who faced death just because of this gospel and they say, if I die, I die. Ah, uh Come on. Gospel. What kind of people did you receive the gospel from? I know the people I received the gospel from. They laid it all down for us. These people, they put their lives down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They believed it so much. Their life was, was at stake because of the gospel. And they were joyously doing it. And because of a virus. A virus that was born to submit to the name of Jesus Christ. A Christian, you are now afraid of it. It's just because Christians are not being taught the the authentic word of God. Like my mentor will say, Reverend Dr. Chris, he will say the authentic word of God. There is the authentic word of God. The one that makes you masters over circumstances. (laughs) That's how we've been born. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. To walk in the life of God. That's, That's what it is. When you are master over situations. Master over sicknesses. Master. So, you know, in a world like this, I can't think of any more time that you need the gospel more than now. I can't think of any other time. In history, that you need the gospel more than now, than 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 the days we are living at present. And you know, you if 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 you're there and maybe there's a sickness in your body, and you're wondering what is this guy talking about? He's so he's so convinced about what he's saying. Could he be could it be true? Could it be true so that you can know. That this is the, this is not these are not my words. I just read from the Bible to you. If you've been following this message, this this episode, and you've been reading your Bible with me as I called, uh, called out the scriptures, you will see that you read the same thing I read. I didn't produce this Bible that I'm reading. Let me just check behind my Bible. Maybe they say it's made by Gabriel Gregory. I just checked, and my name is not even imprinted on it. It's a Bible. I didn't write it the word of god that's what it is inspired by god written by the spirit of god and you have it in your hand so so that you will know that these are not my words you know what god always backs his words with what with his power so if you're there and maybe you are you have been you have been been in the state of some kind of sickness in your body, as you are listening to me right now, the power of God will begin to go through you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And whatever it is that is that, that you've been suffering from in your body, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, that thing begins to die today. In fact, it dies today. As you're hearing me right now, the power of God is going through you. Right now, you can begin to feel better in the name of the Lord Jesus so that you will know that these are not mere mere words. These are not the words of man. And as, as you are listening to me, as you receive your miracle, make sure you write me. Make sure you share your testimony with me. Everything at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Because the Lord is do is the Lord Jesus is real, brothers and sisters. He is, he is, he is more real that, than your skin. He is more real. There's someone with, 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 right now, you are feeling a hot sensation going through your back. The power of God, that's the power of God. is going through you. And it's going to flush out those things in your body that are not supposed to be there. It is, it's working. The power of God is upon you right now. Yes, cancer is dying right now. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. That arthritis is going. Ligra, kosia, That asthmatic spirit is checking out of your body right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are free from all kinds of sickness, whatever that you carry in your body. I'll be loose of your infirmities. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke that spirit of infirmity from your body. Go in the name of Jesus and don't come back again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glorious things are happening that you may know that these are not the words of man. This is the word of God. And he backs his word with power. The Bible says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. You're free. You're free. And if you have, you have dug yourself into some kind of evil and wicked situation, troublesome times, troublesome moments in your life, you are coming out right now. The hand of God lifts you up by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are lifted up. You are lifted up. That call that you've been waiting for is coming right now to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help is on the way. <laughs> help is on the way. I call for help from the four corners of the world to you. In the name of the Lord, that you may know that there is a God in heaven. And that God has been revealed to us through our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, put your hand wherever you need a miracle. Put your hand wherever you need the Lord to touch you. Father, I pray for your children. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. And if you're not born again, before I pray, if you're not born again, or, okay, let me start with those who are not born again. If you're not born again, you're listening to me. Pray this prayer. Pray this prayer after me. Say this prayer after me. Say, Oh Lord God, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you sent him to die for my sins. I believe that on the third day you raised him up for my justification." Right now, I confess with my mouth, by faith, Jesus as Lord of my life. Right now, I receive salvation. I receive remission of sins. I receive into my spirit, by faith, eternal life. Into my spirit, I'm born again. I'm born again. Say, I'm born again. I've been recreated. I've been renewed in Christ. I'm a child of God. Now I can call you Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. As you have prayed that prayer, as you have prayed that prayer, that growth is dying. That growth in your body is falling off in the name of Jesus. That fibroid, that fibroid is dying right now. Right now, it's coming out of your body. Yes, it's coming out. It's coming out of your body. It's passing out of your body in the name of Jesus Christ. That fibroid, hallelujah. As you're confessing the Lord as as the Savior of your life, right now, things are repaired, things are fixed. Things are made new in your life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hallelujah. And if you're listening to me, you are one of those who have walked away from faith because of the things you've seen, because of the experiences in Christianity. And you want to come back. I I, want to pray for you right now. With your hands lifted up, say, Lord God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for what you have done for me in Christ Jesus. Lord, I am grateful for what you have done for me. I'm grateful. Say that. Say say this after me. Say, Lord, I'm grateful for all that you have done for me in Christ. Lord, I will not make a mess or take lightly the gift of righteousness that you have given to me. Oh, Lord God. I rededicate myself to you. I rededicate myself to your work. I rededicate myself to your word. I rededicate myself to your spirit. I I, I rededicate myself to you, God. Thank you, Father. I'm yours. i walk your path. I will not be feeble. I will not fall off again. My steps will not slide. I continue in faith strongly. I'm starting well and I'm finishing excellently well. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. I say congratulations to you. Yeah. Right now, I pray for you. As you have prayed this prayer, both those who, who, are just, who have just given their heart to Christ and those who are coming back to the kingdom, I pray for you right now that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will garrison your heart. Will garrison your mind and your heart in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that the work of Christ is completed in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. The work of Christ comes to completion in your life. If there be any situation that you found yourself and you're trying to come out of right now, Jesus is your deliverance. You are delivered in the name of Jesus Christ. I command the sickness to go. I command that infirmity to live. I command that pain to go. In the name of Jesus Christ. I command that growth to dematerialize. I command that cancer. I command you that cancer. Die and pass out of their body. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you Father. And that one. Who have been diagnosed with COVID-19. I command that virus to die. And pass out from your body. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are free. You are free. Now begin to breathe well. Now begin to do what you could not do before. The power of God has touched you. You are healed. You are free. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. But one thing you can do right now that I really appreciate is wherever you have listened to me i appreciate you for listening i have i have listeners from from some some wonderful countries all around the world and 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 i'm grateful but what you can do that i will appreciate is to share this tell somebody about this this podcast share it with someone share it with someone you can bless someone with it this is from god by god to god's people Right, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. God bless you, and um, I want to make a few announcements. You know, every end of the year, I do a three days fasting and I'm praying online, and um, that prepares us for the upcoming year. So this year, I will be releasing the dates very soon. It will, that that will be, and I want you to join me. It will be on my YouTube channel, which uh, which is uh, the rich D apostrophe space the apostrophe and space r e a c h the rich you know on youtube channel you can search for that and uh, you can also participate and watch some of the videos we have right now there you will you will learn a lot if you can sit and watch the videos on that channel just as you listen to this audio i tell you your life will never remain the same again your life you will, will never never remain the same again you will learn so much because these are wealths of information that you need in your christian your faith walk so i'll be making the announcement for that for that and i would like to start preparing your mind and look forward to it and then another thing that i will be doing also on my youtube channel and also on this podcast is uh, i'm going to be doing um my favorite songs for the year you know, because um, I always talk about the kind of songs you listen to. I always talk about the kind of books you read. And uh, I realize that some people find it hard to pick the the best songs. I mean, the the, the, the scriptural song for them to listen to and worship God with. And uh, I'm going to compile a little and make it available for you to listen to. And um, you can enjoy it. I, just, I was just led by the Spirit to do that. So that you can you can also have you know be listening to these kind of songs that I listen to you know which are very inspirational I, I mean I, I know that that if if you hear a song that was given to someone by God you will know because we are spirit beings you will know I always know when I hear the right song and one of the ways to know the right song is to compare the song with the revelation of God's word you know if it's if it's not in line with the word of God, that the person is calling Jesus and is in, in the song doesn't make it a gospel music. Anybody can sing and call Jesus. Even Kanye West, can, before he became, you know, a Christian, many rappers like that, you know, call Jesus in their songs, and that doesn't mean that it's a gospel song. You know, even our Kelly sang a gospel song, and that doesn't mean that he was a Christian. You know, so. Uh, but there is a spirit that follows all these things, and you don't want to be sing, singing or listening to songs like that because. Like I said, you have to protect your faith. The same, the same. Way you have to protect your spirit, because the Bible says that, um, in your spirit is the issue of life. The kind of life you're going to live is formed and created in your in your spirit. So you need to protect it. The Bible says, "Guard your heart with all diligence." It's he for heart of it are the issues of life. So it's important the kind of songs you listen to. And I want to help, help, uh, help you to kind of you know give you some kind of direction and give you some kind of songs. My favorite gospel songs for the year and that's all I listen to if you check you know my 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 files even on my phone that's all I listen to I I listen to music that puts me in the mode of worship that that inspires me of God's word that, that 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 makes me speak in tongues that makes me pray you know that makes me think about God you know that's the kind of songs that we should listen to because you have to always uh, build yourself and train yourself to always be in the flow you know so that whatever comes you will always be ready because you're always in the flow because you're always in the flow so um i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna be making the announcement to let you know wh- when that will be and when i post it of course i'll let you know thank you so much for being thank you so much for being a part of this um, of this podcast and this episode and please like i said don't keep it to yourself I appreciate you sharing and I appreciate you subscribing and I appreciate you doing even more by talking to people about it and telling them to hide it up on the phone and listen to it. God bless you. Until next time, I remain Gabriel Gregory and I'll see you on the other side.